So today's pearl of wisdom is anxiety to awesomeness. And uh, Minu will share the seven stages to move from anxiety to a state of awesomeness. Um, what are these steps? How do you diagnose which step is the starting point for you? And how do you ensure you keep moving onward and upward to land on your feet? The bliss of awesomeness. So we knew. Welcome to your pearl of wisdom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy, for hosting. And yeah, very, very happy first birthday to Catherine. Um, so yeah, let's begin now. Seven stages to move from or flow from anxiety to awesomeness. Uh, so Tammy, I'm going to uh, make you go, go into the, the waiting room and we'll get started. Okay. I'll deal with that part. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Fabulous. Welcome, everyone. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning. I'm going to now just mute everyone and get going with the content. Welcome. <coughs> Uh, yes, Tammy pointed out the color of my lipstick, the exuberant magenta. <laughs> yes, this is the one that my niece, you know, conjured up. <laughs> so I thought, okay, we're talking about anxiety to exuberance. Let's bring the power of exuberance in. So here we are. Um, okay, so moving from anxiety to um, awesomeness the seven stages. The first stage is acknowledge. It's all about acknowledgement. I recognize the power of acknowledgement when it comes to anxiety. Having lived for many years, experiencing that undertone of anxiety and feeling that I had to put on a front, you know, that was my secret. Even if I had that anxiety, it wasn't meant to be shared with anyone. I could do it, you know? So, so I went through phases in, in those times where it was a combination of a bravado that of course I can deal with this. And then it was, there was this mothering instinct because my child was still very young. He's 32 now, but at that time he was still very young. So there was that protection instinct, which is I'm not going to pass this on to him. You know, nothing is going to come in the way of him having a fulfilling life. And it also went into um, that it's, uh, again, it was a part of the protection instinct, which has to do with members of my team. If I, as a leader, start sharing my anxieties, it'll destabilize the team. And then it went into, at, at, at a particular point in time, when I got to understand 
about the vibrations and stuff, which is, well, uh, you know, I can't be talking about this anxiety stuff because it's, it'll just mess up the vibration of what's going on. And it'll, it'll destabilize the project I'm working on because of that. So when I looked at this body of work that I'm sharing with you, the seven stages of moving from anxiety to awesomeness, the first stage truly is acknowledgement. Because if you don't acknowledge, then what's there to do? You know, what's there to, what can make a difference? When you don't even acknowledge it, you're actually battling keeping something so strong and so impactful under wraps. Anxiety doesn't go away. You add a layer to your anxiety to keep it under wraps so that, you know, you people don't get to realize that you're anxious and you don't lose face or you don't feel weak or whatever it might be. And it all begins with us pushing ourselves to not acknowledge something as powerful and as impactful as the first stage is acknowledge now those of you who have been working with me for a while you have heard me say acknowledgement is one of those power tools it's like you know one of those black and black and decker um, power drills we used to get, you know. Uh, and it was such a shift from the way we would put um, a screw into the wall versus using a power tool like this Black & Decker drill. It, acknowledgement is a power tool like that to deal with really big stuff that maybe depleting you of life force, depleting you of confusion or clutter or stopping you in your tracks or having you remain stuck in a position that you don't want to remain stuck in. By acknowledging that which you do not wish to have, it's as if you are squirting in a very focused way, what I call as a weed killer that is going straight into the root <coughs> of that which you don't wish to have. And it destroys only the weed. The first stage is acknowledge for moving from anxiety to awesomeness so when you are working with this tool of, with the state of acknowledge and using the, the power tool of acknowledgement, use it at the same time to apply to awesomeness. You may be in a state of anxiety and you've acknowledged anxiety. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how you utilize acknowledgement in its fullness 
So when you acknowledge your anxiety, you don't have to be talking about it or to too many people, but acknowledge it to yourself. You know, acknowledge it to yourself fully. Okay, I feel anxious. Ah, just let's just put that to one side and move forward. No. Acknowledge it. Yeah, I feel anxiety. This is how it feels in my body. I develop a metallic taste in my mouth. You know, I get these very odd sense of hollowness in my stomach. Or I just feel like I'm going dizzy, trying to figure out what I do next. Whatever it may be, acknowledge it fully. When I say fully, I like to use the full spectrum way of acknowledgement. Physically, I'm feeling anxious and this is how my physicality is reacting or responding to this. Mentally, it's having this effect on me. I'm not thinking straight. The words are not that coherent or my mind is just going blank. Emotionally, how you feel. Spiritually, and I'm not able to just get that reconnection to my own center. Yeah, I know the prayer would be good, but I'm not just not able to get into that space. What I'm anxious about keeps coming, coming back in. Whatever it is, all you are doing is acknowledging. You're not defending yourself. You're not looking at finding ways of correcting that. You are simply acknowledging. You're not necessarily even doing it in front of anyone else. We ourselves are actually enough because our physical body is a very small aspect of our entire presence. And if you have a buddy or if you have someone who is a confidant, you can let them know, I don't want you to fix anything. Just hold the space for me to just get it out of my system. And I appreciate you doing that. And keep going, looking at social, social and environmental situations as well in terms of acknowledging how anxiety is playing up. I can't be alone at this time or I just want to shut the entire world out. I don't want anyone. I don't want to wish to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone, whatever it may be. Acknowledge it fully. The only intention right now in this first stage, when you are in the state of anxiety, is to acknowledge. Anxiety very rapidly turns into anguish. And it is, a, it is when you get into anguish, that is the precursor to depression. Anxiety doesn't automatically make you depressed. It's the lack of acknowledgement of anxiety that builds up in so many layers in a full spectrum way that gets you, to, into, gets you into a state of anguish. That is the precursor to depression. What gets you into anguish is that bravado, is that justification that for the purposes of protecting someone else, I can't possibly acknowledge this. Your body goes into full warrior mode defending yourself, 
putting on all sorts of barricades or shields. So even the even the happy moments you you don't allow to get it get through to you, which makes it even harder to get out of anxiety. And then all sorts of emotional stuff starts to build up. You know, could be fear, could be, you know, of uh, uh, upset, anger, whatever. It and it starts to multiply, and of course the universe is in service of you, so it's there. You know, serving you, and it it is very closely like a vigilante observing the emotions that you are experiencing, and it, or it knows that all its job is to notice that which you keep in place. That means that's what you want, and it multiplies it. And anxiety very rapidly can turn into um, a train wreck situation. Anxiety is one experience where you are meant to take action. And the first stage, when you are intending to transform that anxiety into awesomeness, the first stage is acknowledgement of anxiety itself. Once you have acknowledged anxiety in its full sense by even choosing to take that step of acknowledgement you're actually communicating to yourself i do have the where with it all it takes some courage to acknowledge anxiety in its fullness and that's why i say don't worry about sharing it with anyone because people who love you dearly when they see you anxious and sharing that anxiety you know they 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 may just lovingly say to you it's okay don't worry about it leave it leave it it's okay they're saying it out of love but it actually hampers and cuts short the fullness of the acknowledgement which is where the first antidote to anxiety lies i was totally one of those people who would felt that i could just take on anybody and everybody else's concerns so if i felt an anxiety um and i won't share it and I remember my partner uh Phil sometimes sharing um you know something that might have occurred at work and uh, and and sharing that look I'm not really sure whether I did the right thing I'm not clear how that's going to go and if it goes in that direction I'm a little concerned about that one I would immediately come up with lots of solutions so that he could right now nip it in the bud and it, and prevent the situation from growing in the direction that he was feeling anxious about and i remember once and this is you know we'd been together for a few months i remember once he just held my hand and he said look you know i just want to be able to talk i know all of these solutions are there and thank you for really not getting caught up in my drama and being able to think straight in a solution way 
right now, just let me talk. There's no one else I can go and talk to. And he said this in a very loving way. There are other times where sometimes my son would come up with, um, you know, being anxious about something or the other, and I would immediately go with solutions because I could. He wasn't so loving. He would just say, just don't try to fix me. Stop fixing me. I didn't realize I was fixing. I thought I was very lovingly solving his problems. But really what I was doing was nipping that the first stage of transforming anxiety into awesomeness. So you may find, because sometimes when you're feeling anxious, you don't want to be alone. You want someone that you can, you know, talk to. But if you're using this pearl of wisdom, then right at the get-go, let them know that you really feel very privileged to have them in your life. And you request for them to simply allow you to express. They don't have to take this on as their anxiety. You will find your way through. And right now, because you respect them so much, you're honoring the privilege of trust that exists between you. That becomes the context of you taking on that first step of acknowledgement with someone else that you care about. And just know you don't have to have that. You can do it all by yourself also. We are still with step number one. Once you've done the fullness of acknowledgement of anxiety itself in a full spectrum way, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental, you turn your attention to the intention behind this first stage, which is to move from anxiety to awesomeness. And now you turn the use of the tool of acknowledgement to awesomeness, where you'll first of all look at, if I was in this state of awesomeness, what would actually be going on in this moment? What would that feel like? You won't be able to find anything if you haven't fully acknowledged the anxiety part. But once you have, and you, you, have, you are now ready to acknowledge what awesomeness would look like, feel like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, and environmentally. So the first step of acknowledgement of awesomeness is the envisioning of it. Once you've completed the envisioning of what that awesomeness would look like, you can then return to where you are right now and find, it may seem like a needle in a haystack, find that needle in the haystack of where that little bit of experience of awesomeness actually exists. Acknowledge that. We are still in stage one. 
So you, you fully, by fully acknowledging anxiety, you have stopped it in its track and you are in fact in a very powerful state of recovery and you're ready to restore yourself. And because anguish is now far, far away. So the chances of you turning into, into, a, into de- feeling depressed, you've literally taken that out of your field. You've made a declaration that you have taken it on and you're on the path to converting anxiety into awesomeness. And then you're ready to go into acknowledging what awesomeness would look like, feel like, what that experience would be. You're able to come back to your center and you will find one or two or three or five things that actually have got that bit of vibe of awesomeness. I always, when I've done this, when I come back to the center, I actually have a sense of triumph because I feel I can do something about it. I recognize I have the power. That in itself is worthy of acknowledging that little bit of awesomeness vibe that exists right here, right now. You've now completed stage one. And you're ready to move to stage two. Stage two is accept. This was a very big um, point of resistance. It was like literally like the antichrist word even, except anxiety equals, oh my God, the universe is going to multiply that. And okay, maybe it will. But when you are following this pearl of wisdom and you're now at this point where stage one is complete, you are in your center having found one or two needles in this haystack where you can already feel the vibe of awesomeness. You're stationed in that space, having acknowledgement, acknowledge what awesomeness feels like. And when, by acknowledging fully what anxiety feels like, it stops having its grip or hold on you. For you to then shed that coat of anxiety or cloak of anxiety and release that burden and move forward, it calls for you to unconditionally accept what is. It's very hard to do that when you are in a state of anxiety. You know, I I know from my own experience from the past where I did not have access to this pearl of wisdom, accepting that I was anxious was actually declaring that I am weak. That's how I used to look at it. It's 
completely the reverse when you go through acknowledgement. And I had a justification, which is that if I feel weak at this moment, how am I going to protect my child who is this little weak human being? I mean, first of all, they're not little weak human beings. They are the age of the soul, actually much more indestructible and powerful than we are. But it was all literally just a justification for putting on a front, maintaining a facade. And, you know, even simply acknowledging that that is what was going on in my life at the time, and it felt like the best um, informed decision or choice that I was making, I stopped beating myself up about it. Because I felt that, you know, it was moments of weakness and I let it carry on for too long and it had this impact on, on my son and all, all that stuff. I was not accepting any of that. It was difficult to move forward fully with a lightness of being. You know, and, and as some, some of you who know about my life or might have read my book, have heard me talk about that, you know, I went through 10 years of domestic violence in my life. And my son was two and a half, and I finally, you know, agreed to within to myself and, and got a divorce. Many years later, when he was about 11, he got anorexia in London. And when we examined what was at the root of that anorexia, because a part of that anorexia, he also started cutting himself. And we, I mean, I had no idea that that is what he was doing. We only discovered it because when he was in the hospital being treated for anorexia, he was under 24 by 7 vigilance with cameras and nurses and all of that. Um, we saw that he was also engaging in self-harm. I mean, I felt totally inadequate as a mother that I'd done something for this to happen. I could not protect my child through all those years of anxiety that I had just not shared ever with anyone, feeling that I needed to be strong. And well, I had, I had more access to personal transformation tools at the time. And when we went in and examined it, what showed up was the dialogue that my son kept playing again and again and again, it was like a sentence he had given to himself, was that he wasn't strong enough to protect me. First of all, I had no idea that he was even witness or aware of what was going on in the house. It was only two and a half when I went and had the divorce. So he'd only had a very small amount of his life there where he might have heard sounds or whatever. The key thing is, you know, it got me to realize that people know, you know, whatever age they may be, they do have a sense of tension in the air. And me constantly protecting him and maintaining a facade and then continuing to not accept that what had occurred had occurred and I didn't have to take on this guilt and shame forever with my son. I, it was time for me to move on 
that moving on wasn't happening. So the vibe of anxiety, it did, it, I could always go back to moments that were really stressful moments because that vibe of anxiety existed in my field and clusters. You know, so I wasn't fully taking on living my life, constantly being overprotective or feeling guilty with, with, my, with my son. So he continued to feel that he wasn't strong enough and couldn't protect me. And I thought I was protecting him. I was, in fact, weakening him more and more and more. And it was, in, it was really in that time when he was recovering from anorexia that I first understood the power of unconditional acceptance of what is. It took me unconditionally accepting what is, not beating myself up for having my child, you know, feel so weak to an extent that he wanted to harm himself. And he said that I, I, I cut myself because it made me feel strong, that I could take that pain. You know, I, I could stay without food and still carry on and be strong. So he was creating his own little strategies. We have a wonderful relationship with each other as Sarah, you've known Sai from those very early days, but it came from this not, not accepting and that, that arose from not acknowledging fully because I was not going to let myself get depressed, but my son got depressed instead. So acknowledge stage one, do it fully and thoroughly. It does not take long. When you, especially when you're doing it with yourself, go for it. Do it fully. And then the second stage after that, which is accept, is the only intention of that stage is to release the burden and show up, able to move forward with the lightness of being. So accept is not tolerate or compromise. Accept is unconditionally accept what is, including the fact that I had made a wrong choice at the time of not sharing my anxiety with anyone. So that's the second stage. You keep going until you have that complete state of yumminess. When you say, I unconditionally accept what is. For a very long time, my mind would say it, I unconditionally accept what is. But if I did the yummy yucky test, there was a part in my body that really felt yucky at accepting. I had wasted 10 years of my life allowing myself to be beaten up. <laughs> I'm laughing about it. It was not a laughing matter at the time. That in itself has a bit of yuckiness in it. Now I can laugh about it because I am in a state of complete yumminess. I truly have unconditionally accept what is. 
because it is when you are in that yumminess of unconditional acceptance of what is, including the fact that I did not see the signs of my son getting into anorexia. When he finally went into the hospital, they said he was like literally five days away from his organs failing. As a mother, you just can, it, it is like, for me, it was like inexcusable that that had happened. You know, and I am totally in a state of unconditional acceptance of what is. It took me many years to get there. I did not have all of these tools that I'm sharing with you now. They've all developed and evolved by implementing them. So I was even anxious about being found out that I'm, I was such a careless mother. You know, so, and without acknowledgement, it's very hard to get into stage two. My point here is in each of these stages, look, the overarching intention of this pearl is from anxiety to awesomeness, six, seven stages. Each stage, you literally go into making that journey from anxiety to awesomeness. So acknowledgement, acknowledging anxiety fully, acknowledging awesomeness, what that would feel like, returning to your center, journey complete. Going into unconditional acceptance, what are the things that I feel difficult to accept? They've occurred. And getting, you know, making that list of everything that, I really am going to apply this unconditional acceptance to and then going accept what is keeping at it until I feel total complete coherence with yumminess with which I'm unconditionally accepting what is. I'm now ready to even go into awesomeness awesomeness where I can even celebrate the relationship I have with my son. I can even celebrate the awesomeness of the positive aspects that have emerged from both of us going through those times of recovery and recuperation and resurrection and restoration and unconditionally accepting all of that actually made me a whole and complete mother. Because there was a part of me for the longest time that felt guilty about those times. I wasn't fully in acceptance of me as a mother. I was not acknowledging a very big power that was there within me and had always played out. But I wasn't acknowledging that. And in many ways, dishonoring mother, motherhood itself, carrying that burden of guilt, meant I wasn't fully present at times with my son as a mother, feeling that I'd let him down in some way. He didn't want that. He didn't want a, you know, 60% of his mother. And that only became available when I was able to unconditionally accept what is and unconditionally also accept 
the awesomeness that emerges. That gives you the freedom to step into that realm of awesomeness and you can come back to the center and look at, okay, what is my logical next step right now to cross the threshold from the space of anxiety into awesomeness? The third stage. The third stage is all about anchor. So once you have acknowledged and you have unconditionally accepted what is, and you've come back to the center, now you are ready to really anchor awesomeness. And what I what you anchor as a precursor to the experience of awesomeness is actually resilience. So you anchor resilience. When you anchor resilience, you're acknowledging your own worthiness in a really big way. You're reclaiming that remembrance of dignity which is something that you are born with. So you are anchoring yourself in, this, in a state of dignity. And dignity is honoring of your own worthiness. That is what gets anchored. When you apply this stage of anchor to the intention of moving from anxiety to awesomeness, you're in fact anchoring the, your own worthiness, which is dignity, you in a state of dignity. Now, with me sharing my own story, you know, I didn't really feel very dignified remembering whatever I had allowed myself to go through for so many years. That unconditional acceptance of what is released that burden of guilt and shame and all the medley of stuff or even fear of getting into another relationship, all of those things, they were literally shed like cloaks. I felt unleashed in many ways. And then when I went a step forward, having unconditionally accepted what is and acknowledging that I have what it takes to move forward. And taking that step, I was anchored in awesomeness. The interesting thing that this using anchor as a, as a stage of moving from anxiety to awesomeness the interesting thing that occurs here is that you have the where with it all. You're consciously aware of what you're doing. You have literally, uh, you know, delinquished the risk of getting into anguish. And therefore depression, the vibe of depression isn't even there in your field. You're able to, first of initially manage a, anxiety and as you become better and better with these stages 
Anxiety even becomes a rocket fuel to propel you forward with the lightness of being. And it comes from getting to this stage and acknowledging that you're in the stage of anchor. You anchor awesomeness. You anchor you in a state of dignity. You become aware of the choices that you are making in a very conscious way. You are reclaiming at least two of the three things that you are born with. Choice, acknowledging and exercising your choice and a state of dignity, which is honoring of your own worthiness. Now, you have gone through the fullness of acknowledgement. You're powered by acknowledgement as a power tool. You've experienced that release of burden. And you are in your center, in a lightness of being, through unconditional acceptance of what is. And you are now anchored in awesomeness. It's a little bit like, you know, when a boat is coming into harbor and they throw the anchor. You're not yet at the shore. The anchor is being thrown and then it catches. The boat is still in the water. You know now you're anchored in awesomeness. And even if it feels a little bit turbulent, you're actually safe and secure and anchored where you want to get to. That's where you get to with this stage. Now, when we go to the next stage after this, the fourth stage, the fourth stage is a stage of allowing. You allow, just like you would when an anchor has caught on, you will allow the boat to you know, move towards the harbor, directing it a little bit, but not necessarily controlling it. There is a state of allowing and you feel safe to allow. So in the context of moving from anxiety to awesomeness, if you haven't gone through the first three stages, allowing becomes a little bit challenging because the moment that vibe of anxiety would start to build, you know, I would feel um, like gripping in my stomach, um, nauseous, you know, a little bit dizzy. It, it, just because I wasn't allowing for what comes next to flow. Because I had for so long over-exercised my ability to feel as if I'm in control, that the moment I felt that, okay, and I didn't need to be there controlling what, I, what was going on, I allowed myself, even if anxiety comes in, to just experience it knowing that I'm going to come out the other side. Or allowing myself to, you know, 
act on ideas that, which in the past I might not have done because they were so out of the box or even allowed myself to connect with, experience, become friendly with people that did not match my usual um, criteria of the kind of people I would relate to. None of that exists now. I mean, to me, every, everyone is a magnificent being in human disguise. Those days, it was not like that. I was, came from a, a realm where I was very judgmental about who, very black and white too, uh, about who I would interact with and who I wouldn't. I, you know, at this point, when I got into the stage of allowing, it was simply observing how I felt. If there was anxiety, I acknowledged that acknowledge the awesomeness, unconditional acceptance comes in, able to move forward and allow. Allow for me is that big exhale moment. And it opened up the depth of breath, giving me more of that life force, which allowed me to become more vitalized. And it is through this state of allowing that I was able to experience that vibrant vitality in every moment and even acknowledge that. You develop such a wonderful relationship with yourself following this kind of approach. It's quite an amazing journey even if you're in your, in your center and you don't feel anxious about anything, if there is something that you can find that you're anxious about, use the seven steps just to deepen that honoring, privileged, blessed connection and relationship with yourself and land in a space of being truly, madly, deeply in love with yourself. Now, what comes after the stage of allowing is to receive. Once you allow yourself to experience, I mean, you know, I resisted awesomeness so much that it was giving me all sorts of very mixed up, confused experiences of life. But when I got to this point and I even gave permission to be anchored in awesomeness and then allowed what flowed to flow, I realized that there were, I was so supported and I never even recognized that I was. I totally never allowed myself to receive that. You will be surprised at how many things just get magnetized to you that support you to live the calling of your soul. By allowing yourself to be in the flow and in the rhythm of traveling into awesomeness and giving yourself permission to receive, that which comes to you. You actually start experiencing that regenerative 
thriving capacity that awesomeness actually has. You've switched now into the awesomeness camp. And you switch into the awesomeness camp where you're no longer just surviving, you're actually thriving, survival is taken care of. It basically means you can experience anxiety from time to time and literally go through these, these stages very, very quickly because you are now stationed in awesomeness. You're very plugged into and connected with your body. You know what it feels like, where it feels like um, when you feel anxious. You also know what it feels like, that experience of triumph into awesomeness. You know that you control where you put your, fo your foot. You can have your foot in two cans, anxiety, awesomeness, anxiety, awesomeness, like a seesaw. And you can at cer certain times choose out of empathy to go into anxiety, knowing that you can switch and move into the awesomeness camp at your will. This knowingness of it is your will that you will exercise, not some environment out there, not some other person out there, is what becomes available to you when you are in this stage of receiving. I get so engrossed in what I'm sharing that I sometimes lose track of time. <laughs> So receiving is a very, very important stage. I remember the, the switch that I felt myself experience got flicked when I went from allowing to receiving. And so it's a very vivid memory for me. And this comes from that time in my life where I chose to go to Bali for three weeks. And two out of the three weeks, there was no guest in this resort, which has never happened in the history of that resort. I know the universe was completely um, colluding with my hidden rocket of desire to live an extraordinary life, you know, and Therefore, there was no guest. So there was just me in this entire resort with all the staff and guest relations and the, 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 the massage people, people from the spa, the ones that were serving, the, the chefs, everyone was only there to serve me as the guest. Felt extremely awkward because I was this bravado. I do everything for everyone. You know, nobody needs to come and save me. And here, they were all there. They were not, they didn't think they were there to save me. They were there to serve because they loved that service. And initially, I resisted when, and felt a little bit overwhelmed, you know, um, with all these people coming to and offering me things from coconut water to papaya to black rice pudding to um, um, reflexology or, you know, 
training to get do aerobics in the water, whatever it may be, it was like felt too much, too much, too much. And it, and when I said, "Don't oh, no, just leave me alone," I saw that deep hurt in their eyes. So I inadvertently entered the realm of allowing, just so that they didn't, I didn't hurt them. And because their service was so pure and so wholesome that automatically I slipped into receiving. And that created the space for more gifts to be brought to me. I saw the switch flick. I realized that when I was only allowing, there was a part of me that was very anxious, feeling that, you know, at what, what point am I going to push them away? And what if I use this word, will they feel, you know, um, pushed away? But when I just said, okay, I receive, I received the service. It's as if something opened up. And I realized I wasn't just standing in a little hallway. I was in this magnanimous, humongous living room with all these wonderful areas where I could just lounge back and be comfortable and receive. What it did was it transformed my relationship with humans and it activated the universe to, again, start delivering to me. And in no time at all, I went from a life that was super stressed with lots of physical ailments within months, having my test results as clear and having moved from London to live an extraordinary life where all aspects of life coexisted. If I hadn't gotten into receiving, I would not have been able to make those shifts. I would have gone straight back three weeks later into the same old, same old life that I had before. So receiving is a very important stage. And remember, when we do the pearls of wisdom and I go through the seven steps or seven stages or seven pathways, I always say to everyone, do it in the order that I'm sharing it with you. There is no rush. Don't go to stage five before you've crossed stage one, two, three, and four. You can already see even in as I'm sharing it with you, even you are open to receiving now. Allowing lots of things to come to you and at you and acknowledging them and being grateful is great. Uplifts your vibrations. But where the regenerative effect gets activated is in you receiving. The next stage. The next stage is about experiencing. It's about experience. So you now received. Give yourself permission to experience what awesomeness feels like now at this stage. If you don't engage and in fact, I would even say indulge in this state of a stage of experience, 
there will always be an undertone of ah, this too much of a good time is not good. I'm about to lose it. I better keep that as a secret, not share it with anyone. So all we're doing is anchoring even more strongly that undertone of worry. It is in you allowing yourself, having received to experience the experience of awesomeness. You anchor it in a full spectrum way, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, and environmentally. You become an amazing observer of what awesomeness feels like. Your cells anchor that memory and and feel comfortable in the remembrance of it. You're moving now from date, you, you moved from data all the way to wisdom at this point. Remember those stages, data to information, to knowledge, to wisdom. And it is through your experiences that you are opening the doorway to be in a state of knowing that awesomeness is really the norm. And the final seventh stage is amplify. Nothing for you to do. It amplifies by itself. Awesomeness amplifies. Anxiety becomes just one of these wonderful flavors, you know, that you can work through in no time at all because where you are, what has become your norm is the state of awesomeness. And that keeps amplifying. That's how you move from anxiety to awesomeness. Presencing anxiety and also experiencing awesomeness as you go through each of the stages. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Put it into practice. Every stage is exquisite in its... Um, in its experience. Thank you.